0: The Bible. It's the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Stay with American Family Radio for the next hour as we study God's Word and take your Bible questions. Welcome to Exploring the Word.
1: As the Apostle Paul was finishing up his first book to the Christians of Thessalonica, He gave them a lot of instructions. They were very, very specific on living a holy life. One of those is in verse 16 that we have, rejoice always, rejoice always. And in doing that, we want to rejoice in the Lord. It could not help but remind me of what his theme was in the book of Philippians. In the Lord, rejoice always. And again, I say rejoice when he was writing Philippians and talking about rejoicing, he was in prison. Matter of fact, some of the most productive days of the Apostle Paul, well, while he was in prison writing letters. This is Exploring the Word. Bert Harper, Alex McFarlane with you today. And we're going to look at a little bit of First Thessalonians uh, chapter 5, the last few verses. We did that yesterday when it talked about in everything give thanks. We want to do that. And at the end, uh, we're going to have two segments again today where we're taking calls. And if you want to write that name, uh, that number down and call, and it'll be about 20 minutes or so, 15 minutes that we'll be throwing the, the phones open. It won't be open for about 15 minutes, but that number, 888 We had a great day yesterday and looking forward to it again today. But Alex, as I look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and Paul was writing to these people that really needed to be encouraged in the Lord about living life because some of them thought they had missed out on the second coming. They was wondering about death and it separating them. He just writes some very practical instructions to them, and one of them was, rejoice always. Uh, You know, gladness and joy. Uh, you remember that scripture in Psalm 118, verse 24, rejoice, and he talks about this is the day that the Lord has made. We'll rejoice and be glad in it. Gladness has an attitude of that which has taken place and expressed it on the, on the outside, whereas rejoicing starts with the inside and work its, works its way out. So Paul is saying, get that right on the inside. Get your heart Right get your attitude right and do that always. There's never a time when you should not have that. He said it, uh, the Bible says it this way, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Yeah. So it's so important to keep a right attitude with rejoicing in the Lord, isn't
2: it? Well, it is, it is. And the, you know, this passage of scripture that you and I, were we began to talk about it yesterday and then Again, today we're going to get to questions. We're going to give two-thirds of the show yeah, to amen. Uh, live questions on today's edition of Exploring the Word. And that number, if you want to kind of get a jump, the number is 888 We're going to do our best to answer your Bible questions. But we're looking at 1 Thessalonians 5, really 16 through 23. And uh, let me read through this. We've read it, but um, there's basically nine verbs in here and and I'll, I'm going to give my little list of how I parse this out, but rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing. in everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the spirit. despise not prophesyings, prove all things, hold fast that which is good. abstain from all appearance of evil. Now verse 23, what a great promise and the very God of peace, Sanctify you wholly, and I pray God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now Bert, you and I could we could do a week of programming on this passage. Easily. But here's some things that I pull out of here. Rejoice, pray, praise, yield, listen, discern, continue, avoid, and abide. Now I I could, okay, it says rejoice, pray, give thanks. That means praise God. Okay, quench not the spirit. Uh, don't quench or don't resist. In other words, yield to the Holy Spirit of God. Then despise not prophesying. That means listen to the proclamation of God's word. Bert and I, what we do on the show, we prophesy. Now, I don't mean we tell the future because only God can do that. But um, prophecy is. In the biblical sense, it can mean like, you know, the Apostle John on the Isle of Patmos or Daniel or Isaiah. But proclamation, the faithful, accurate, forth telling of the word of God, that's a type of prophesying. And when First um, Thessalonians 5.20 says, you know, don't quench or despise prophesying, it means listen to the word of God. Then we are to discern. When it says prove all things means look at things in light of the word of God then we're to continue, hold fast to that which is good, avoid that which is evil. Um here here's a word that you don't hear anymore because it's an old word, eschew. E S C H E W. Mm. Um used to they would say someone eschews evil or alcohol or eschews falsehood means we're to abstain from that which is evil. And then we're to abide in the Lord. The God of peace will set us apart, sanctify us wholly, and he'll preserve us, blameless to the coming of Christ. We abide in him. First Thessalonians 5.23 is very much like First John 2.28, that we abide in him, and when he appears, we will not be ashamed. But I look at these verbs, Bert, and uh, if we attended to these things, pray, praise, discern, um. We'd, we'd do okay, wouldn't we? It is. We would. That is quite a
1: list. It is. Uh, you know, and Paul is famous for his list. He, yes. he would list certain things, and he does this, and this has to do with living. You know, Paul said, you who are followers of Christ are going to have to live your life there in that great city, Thessalonica. It wasn't like Rome quite. It wasn't as big Corinth, but it was still a, a very significant city in their area where you know where it was found. And you live your life in front of them. Now what's gonna do that? They'll see your good works and glorify your Father who's in heaven. And when you see these action verbs, these words and it sees that rejoicing always people people will know that that doesn't mean you walk around with a silly smile on your face all the time. although some of our faces could use a uplift, you know uh, expressing joy and sharing and, and the whole idea pray without ceasing. that mm-hmm. doesn't mean you go around oh Lord, thank you I thank you Lord where, where you're mumbling words and saying, but it means that you're praying continually. pray continually now. Uh, Alex, uh, we've had this question before us. Is it wrong to pray silently or is it wise to pray aloud? The answer to that question is yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> we, uh, some, both, end. both and it is. And we pray silently and but sometimes that needs to be expressed outwardly. and And so uh, praying, you know, continual, But the idea is stay in communion with God. You know, people talk about the elements of the communion. If that's the only time you commune with God, you're lacking. I don't care if you do it every Sunday morning. The communion with God is continual. So commune with God continually. Now, what does that have in mind? It has in mind of speaking but also hearing. Amen. My sheep hear my voice and they will follow me. Now, the sure word always is the word of God. Mm-hmm. Now, not twisting the word of God, but the word of God accurately given to you. But God does whisper peace to us sometimes. He, he whispers words of encouragement. He whispers words of, I, I would say, warning to us. Yeah. So this pray without ceasing is offensive and defensive. You, yeah. you catch what I'm saying? It, it's telling you when to go and when to not go, and so where to turn and not turn.
2: So pr- stay in that continual communication with God. Make that a goal of you. And you know what? I, um, I I thank God for the leading of his spirit, don't you? I look back over my life, Bert, and um, let me encourage each one of you to hear that still, small voice, and whether it's to go, you know, just encourage somebody or, or do right by somebody, or just go, you know, show some Christian love somehow. Cultivate that discernment to know when it is the Holy Spirit is prompting you. I think about, in my own journey, brother, how the Spirit of God has led me, and uh, when I feel that little nudging from the Holy Spirit, boy, I really want to follow that, because I think about so many blessings, so many experiences, so many things I've learned, Frankly, I think some things the Lord's probably spared me from, because I heard the Holy Spirit and was able to follow accordingly. Yeah, when when you hear
1: that, I can't help but think of combining when it says pray without ceasing and quench not the Spirit. Mm-hmm. Listen, you you got to you got to continue in those things, uh, on Paul's missionary journeys. It's amazing, especially the Macedonian call that I talk about quite a bit, how it changed history. But it was the Holy Spirit, you know, uh, forbidding him, the Holy Spirit denying him entrance to go further north. But when he gets over the Thessalonica and he's preaching, it says that he in Corinth, rather, he was led by the spirit to speak to the people. Uh, He was trying to wait until, if I remember right, Paul, and excuse me, Silas and Timothy got there, but he didn't wait. He said he was impressed of the Holy Spirit. Uh, He was compressed by the Holy Spirit. Not oppressed, but compressed, in other words, a compression. In other words, God letting him know. So the leading of the Holy Spirit is alive today. It was in the book of Acts. It's alive today today. Paul wrote it here. And then finally, you're talking about that knowing all things in the New King James. It says test all things. Yes. Make sure, you know, the Bible says try the spirits to see if those things are so. Don't believe everything that comes along and then hold fast to what is good. Now, listen, I think those if you look at that, that's in the same verse. And I think it's a tandem. You you test all things, you check them out, and then finally you hold fast to that which is good. After you test them and you know that, Alex, what you do, you hold to that which is good and let go of that which is not good. And that makes us understand what we're to do. And when we do that, we abstain from evil. So these qualities are given to us so that we come to verse 23, as you said, that we're completing him and sanctify yourselves completely and you use, use the word abide in him. Mm-hmm. Those first eight sets you up to do the ninth one, yeah. abiding in him. If I quench the spirit or anything like that,
2: guess what? The abiding will slip away Well, you know, before we forget, before we go too far, and I don't mean to take us backward, I don't mean to throw the car in reverse, but in verse 21, you know, prove all things, hold fast that which is good, speaks to uh, navigating a ship. We get a phrase from this, guess what it is, you know, to put your rudder, hold, hold fast that which is good, stay the course. See, if you're in that path of God's will, what is good, godly, true, righteous, virtuous, stay on that path, stay the course. Hold fast to that, which is good. But if you're not on
1: that course, you adjust to get on it. Right on, brother. uh, Life, if you've ever heard that, life is a series of adjustments. Mm -hmm. It really is. Course correction. It is. Course correction. Hey, we're going to take phone calls the next two segments. Uh, We're doubling our time for phone calls on these Monday and Tuesday before Thanksgiving. It's a special week. It is, and uh, we're excited about that. And so that number that you can call is 888 589 Alex and I would love to hear from you as you call in your questions today. May God be glorified in it all.
3: This is Pause to Pray, a chance to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders.
0: Today, we pray for Janet Yellen, Secretary of the Treasury of the United States of America. Her department oversees all financial and monetary matters relating to the federal government. 1 Corinthians 4.2 reminds us of the importance of being a good steward of money. Moreover, it is required of stewards that they be found trustworthy. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God. We ask you to guide Secretary Yellen as she oversees financial matters for our country. We ask this in Jesus name. Amen.
3: Pause to Pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team, a nonprofit, nonpartisan ministry dedicated to encouraging prayer for our nation's leaders. To learn more, go to pausetopray.org.
0: Dr. Tony Evans says prayer isn't a tool to get God on board with our agenda. It's a resource for those who are already lined up with His. He'll tell us more as we spend two minutes with Tony.
4: Everything Jesus did, He did in submission to His Father. And because of Jesus, God the Son, was perfectly submitted to His Father, He got miracles done. Alignment is the key to not only answered prayer, but spiritual authority. Seeing heaven come down into history, seeing heaven transform history, and putting the devil under your feet instead of him boxing your head. I wanna challenge you to get in alignment If you're a man out of alignment to say, Lord Jesus Christ, I surrender to your authority. If you're a woman out of alignment, say to the Lord Jesus and to your mate, to your legitimate authority, I will surrender. To say to your parents, if you're a child, I will submit to your legitimate authority. Because only when we submit in the line that God has established over us, will he give us authority and victory for the stuff under us. And if we do not make that decision, we live with unanswered prayer and unrealized authority. So the alignment to Jesus Christ is critical if you want heaven to join you in history.
0: Learn more about how to use the power God gave you when you submitted your life to Him. Check out Tony's CD series, Igniting Kingdom Prayer. Available online at Tonyevans.org. Then join us next time for two minutes with Tony. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio.
4: I know.
2: sanctify you holy, and I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's 1 Thessalonians 5.23. And Bert, aren't you glad for verse 24, 1 Thessalonians 5.24, faithful is he who calls you, faithful is he who will do it. Our God, our Savior, our friend, he is faithful. Amen.
1: Amen. You know, I had a pastor one time says, there's one thing everybody can be, and that's faithful. Amen. Our God is faithful. Be faithful in church. Be faithful in your testimony. Be faithful in giving. Be faithful in your prayer life.
2: That is a willful choice. Um, We're going to get to the calls. The number is 888-589-8840. And I see people calling in, and we're going to get straight to it in just a moment. Um, I do want to remind everybody there's this wonderful website called Afr.net and the shows that we do, you can listen to again. There's just an archive, a plethora of incredible content from today's issues. Sandy Rios, Frank Turek, Abe Hamilton, airing the Addisons, um, exploring missions. Friend of mine does that show. You might have heard of him as Bert, Bert Harper's his name. And then exploring the word, but also the app. No matter what kind of mobile device or phone you've got. You can stream and you can hear this kind of content, and we just hope that you would tell people about this because, uh, you know, Bert, we are all about biblical worldview for our 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 lives, our families, for God and country. Biblical worldview, and I just from Dan Celia to you know the great programming that's on this network, um, it, it's. Re- it's like a buffet of truth, isn't it? <laughs> it is.
1: It's rich in truth.
2: Yeah, that, that's pretty neat. Sandy Rio starts
1: out of the morning early on, and this is after those that uh, that are our guests on it. You know, like yeah. Doctor Dobson, David Jeremiah, Doctor Robert Jeffries. Focus oh, on the family. Yeah. Uh, There's so many, and then in the afternoons after.
2: Abe gets through, and you're going to be hosting that again today, right? Yeah. In fact, folks, two hours from now, which will be 5 to 6 Central, 6 to 7 Eastern, and so forth, it's my joy uh, pretty frequently. Whenever Abe is on the road, I sub for him. And again, tonight, I'll be subbing for Abe. If you want to call in, and I'll be taking questions on the Hamilton Corner two hours from now. But I was going to say this. Thanksgiving's coming up, and may God grant that you have a very special time with your family and church and loved ones. And, you know, uh, I want you to know, folks, as we sit down and that this is, for me, at least a decade, we go around the table, we say prayers, we tell the Lord what we're thankful for. Friends, we are so thankful for you. Y'all listen to the radio. You pray for us. I know you do because I get emails and you support. And we're in this together telling our world about Jesus. Please know we are so deeply grateful for each and every one of you we thank God for the listening family across North America that is AFA. Don't you? Bert? You
1: know, uh, it's funny. People will come up and say, "Oh, this is what you look like," <laughs> and I look at them and I said, "Oh, that's what you look like." You know, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we're as proud to see them as they act like they're proud to see us. You know, yeah. people come up, "Oh, Bert, we're so good. I listen to you," and I said, "You don't know how glad we are that you're listening." Yeah, uh, exactly. It's, it's good to see some of those people that that call in, those people that listen. So thank you for listening. Thank you for praying. Thank you for sharing. And thank you for supporting.
2: What an exciting time to tell our nation and our world about Jesus. Well, we're going to go to the phones again. The number, we're going to take your Bible questions, 888-589-8840. Uh, Indiana, where my niece Alexandria lives, but Indiana is also the home of Trisha. Tricia, thanks for holding, and welcome to Exploring the Word.
5: Hello there. Um, Thanks for taking this call. Um, I am in a a big battle
3: right now. I, I do not know how to deal with these folks, close folks to me, family, children who say they believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior, and yet they have fallen into the world and the world view. And all these crazy liberal things that are going on. And we have these discussions. And I think, Lord, Lord, how could they believe this? This isn't truth. This isn't you, God. And, you know, it's hard when it's people close to you. And I want them to know truth. And my husband says, bring it back to Jesus. And I say, what? They say they love Jesus. So what do I do? I pray, you know. My heart is broken for my family, Mm. for this country, what we are going through. And and I know that God is in control and I lay it before Him, but my heart is broken right
1: now. Patricia, what do I do? We hear you. Let me share with you. You are representing so many people that we have heard and share with that. I want to tell you, Jesus came into this world and when He was dealing with individuals who were, who were involved in wanting to know truth. He really shared everything. He would tell them stories. When he was dealing with, uh, and I'm just saying this, the religious crowd that uh, they had their truth, Alex, you know, the way we have today, he would usually find good questions to ask. Ask those good questions. And good questions many times are more effective than uh, uh, trying to debate them. Sandy Rios, this morning, I heard earlier we was talking about the programming, and let me just tell you, uh, you know, they have believed the lies, and when their belief system is based upon lies, even if they call the name of Jesus, their belief system. she was talking about, she found out she couldn't answer all the lies. There was just too many of them. She would concentrate on one of them. So your husband is right. Listen, make much of Jesus. Let him know. Have some good questions. Be ready to, if they ask you questions, you be ready to give them an answer with meekness and fear and and the fear of God. But listen, uh, Tricia, you are not in this boat by yourself. I hear your brokenness before them, but think of good questions that they're that they that would possibly uh, help them to understand and clarify their, I, I would say their wrong observations mm. and wrong uh, thoughts that they have. Alex, well, Tricia, uh,
2: your your tender heart for people is so moving, and uh, I, I've got to say this: people that are, claim to be Christians, and I'm I'm not disputing whether or not. They know the Lord, only God and them know. But see, here's the thing, and I would say this for everybody. If you're going to be a follower of Jesus, you have to not only put your faith in the Son of God, you have to obey the Word of God. And that's Luke six forty six. Jesus said, if we are going to call him Lord, Lord, we have to do what he says. So that's what, when it comes down to some of the issues of our day about morals or marriage or even things like abortion or or work and welfare and sin and just li- living for the Lord, uh, we have to draw our perspectives and our positions from the Word of God. Because if we claim to be a Christian, uh, we, we are duty-bound to follow the Word of God. So, Tricia, um, for one thing, the fact that you care speaks volumes, and I commend you. And I urge you to pray for these people. But one of the best things you can do is be a role model. And uh, I, I will say this, and and I don't like to talk about ourselves because we're not ever trying to put ourselves out there. I mean, we, we want people to know about Jesus. But, Bert, I'll tell you, I've had friends over the years that were very, very, very liberal, um, guys that I've witnessed to from my college days, some of whom have become believers and some of whom I'm still praying for. But I have had more than a few of my friends over the last thirty years say, "You know, Alex, um, I used to think you were a nut, a religious wing nut, but I see it's for real. It's consistent. Um, I've seen friends of mine get in church, become devout followers of Christ. Don't you think I the 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 role model that we set forth is?" At times, can be a powerful message, too, Bert. The Bible says they see our works,
1: hopefully they're good works, and will glorify the Father who's in heaven. So, Tricia, that's true. And around Thanksgiving and Christmas, we're usually around them more than any other time. And just be who you are. Don't just—you know what Dr. Adrian Rogers said? He right. said, be naturally supernatural and supernatural naturally. In other words, let the Holy Spirit of God reign through you. So, Trisha, pr- there's this preacher. He said, I do three things before I preach. He said, I read myself full of the Word of God. I pray myself hot through the Holy Spirit, and I just get up and burn for Jesus. Mm. Now, I know that's a quip, but that's true. Feed yourself on the Word of God. Yeah. Let the Spirit of God just saturate your life with His fullness and then just be who you are in Christ. And Trisha, God, we'll be thank praying you. for you. Thank you.
2: I, I know what's on your heart is on the heart of a lot of people, I'm sure. Uh, Reagan in Texas, by the way, the number is 888 589 8840. Your Bible questions on this special edition of Truth for a New Generation. Call no, us. No, Exploring the Word. That's the uh, one so you do. Well, I, hey, God. I wanted to say that a yeah, moment yeah, ago. Yeah, We was talking about
1: exploring missions. I know. The other program that comes on the same hour, the next 30 is minutes, is Truth, for a, truth gen- for a Generation with Alex McFarlane. We not only have Monday through Friday, but we also have the weekend as well. I'm going to correct generation. This is
2: Exploring the Word. Yeah, yeah. And our next caller in Texas is Reagan. Thanks for holding.
3: Regan, I was wondering too, if I could ask. I was wondering if I could ask um, a question about um, how did Satan get and Like, how did he want to be God? Um, where did that come from? Because I don't think sin was a thing yet. If Satan didn't, um, if he wasn't kicked out of heaven yet.
1: How did did he get that sin in him? Oh, wow. Wow. Reagan, thank you. How old are you, Reagan? Okay, I I guess she's Reagan.
2: Reagan, uh, thanks for listening. I feel so privileged you would listen. And um, let me begin to address this just a little bit. What made Lucifer want to be like God? Because you're right, um, sin had not happened yet. You know, in Genesis 3, you read about the fall of Adam and Eve. They disobeyed God. And if you read the Bible, at some time before the creation of the Garden of Eden was the creation of angels, and there was a fall within the angels. Now, here's the thing. We know God didn't create sin, but God did give angels and humans the ability to make choices. We call that free will. Free will. Now, Bert, I'm going to draw from a scripture called Isaiah 14. And if you read Isaiah 14, 13 through 15, what caused Lucifer to sin? He used his ability, his free will, to choose to rebel against God. And in fact, he um, deceived one third of the angels into joining him into an attempt to overthrow heaven. Uh, Lucifer wanted to overthrow God, and of course he was cast out, and in Isaiah 14, 15, it says that he would be brought down to the lowest depths of the pit. Okay, here's, you've got jealousy, pride, ambition. Now, interestingly, in Isaiah, six things, he said in his heart, I will ascend to heaven. I will put my throne above God. I will sit upon the mountain of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high God. So we, So first of all, he said something in his heart. He said, I don't like it that God is God. I want to be God. Then five other things. I'm going to ascend. I'm going to put my throne above God. I'm going to exalt myself above God. I'm going to be higher than the highest. I will be like God. And that jealousy of god pride of himself and ambition to rule the universe lucifer basically said i'm going to rule the universe not god now he got cast down and very sadly the angels that foolishly joined lucifer in the failed overthrow of heaven they were cast down and so um it was pride but That's what happened. Now, let me say this. God loves us. God wants to bless us. Now, two-thirds of all the angels stayed true to God. That's wonderful. And now they're securely in heaven. But here's the thing. We can know God. We can enjoy God. We can be blessed by God, Bert. But none of us can ever be God, can we? We cannot. The other story that tells us something about that, and I really believe
1: it's in Ezekiel 28, It says, because your heart is lifted up. Uh, That choice that he made, he was beautiful. He was musical. Uh, He had great following. Uh, You know there's probably three archangels that God created. That means the head angel over a division, Michael, Gabriel, and Lucifer. Mm. Lucifer, that was over him. He probably had his third going after him. Gabriel's, uh, you know said no michael said no but he had pride the root of jealousy the root of ambition is pride he looked at himself and he had a false sense of pride that gave him that motivation to be like god that's where it came from reagan thank you for your question we're going to take a break and we're going to come back with more of your questions here on exploring the word
0: After he met with the Pope,
2: Mr. Biden said the Pope told him he was a good Catholic and to keep receiving communion. Mr. Biden said abortion wasn't discussed. If that's true, it's tragic. Through his continued support of abortion, Mr. Biden is complicit in the death of millions of innocent boys and girls. If the Bible's true, one day he'll answer to God for what he's done. On that
1: day, he'll wish someone had told him to protect the unborn. I'm Pastor John Miller. Visit me at churchontherock.org. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. By mercy and truth, iniquity is purged. Love does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Anyone notice a pattern here? Grace, mercy, and love all require truth. It is unloving to conceal or sidestep truth, often people avoid truth and use love as a justification, when in reality, their truth aversion is a self-preservation tactic. You cannot
4: claim to love someone and simultaneously affirm them in a lie. The absence of truth nullifies the application of grace.
0: Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. This is Dr. Stephen Rummage with today's Moving Forward Minute. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 16, verse 9, A wide door has opened to me and there are many adversaries. A shoe salesman saw when he got to his new territory that no one there wore shoes. He called the home office, send me somewhere else, he said. Everyone here goes barefoot, I can't sell shoes here, and he left. When the new salesman arrived, he excitedly called the home office and said, send all the shoes you can, everybody needs shoes. People who oppose the gospel are those who need the gospel the most. If you're living where there's opposition or if there are few Christians where you are, that's an opportunity for you to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. God gives us opportunities to spread the gospel. We need to take them. For more resources, visit movingforwardradio.org. Join me every Sunday morning at 830 Central for Moving Forward right here on AFR.
1: We give thanks to God always for all of you, constantly mentioning you in our prayers, remembering before our God and Father your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Thessalonians 1, 3. American
0: Family Radio. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio.
1: Word, we are taking phone calls. We got a line open. We're going to try to get to as many as we can in this final segment, and uh, we hope you can call us triple eight five eight nine eight eight four zero. Right now, though, we're going to the phone lines and go to Missouri and talk to Fran. Fran, welcome to Exploring the Word. Hello. Yes, welcome.
5: Um. I believe it was day before yesterday, a gentleman called in. He and his two sisters had been abused by their uncle, I believe he said. And he was uh, in a really bad way because he was eventually able to forgive. But his sisters could never forgive, and they passed on. And uh, I was abused when I was four. And it cost me the ability to have relationships with men and to have children. And uh, I fought with it for 70 years. And one thing I've always done is say the Lord's Prayer before I go to sleep. And I finally realized we are saying forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us so we have no choice we have to forgive
1: mm-hmm. Friend, wow I I I cannot express to you the feelings I have when I hear testimonies like this I cannot imagine some of the lives that some of people have have lived I cannot imagine that but I I'm telling you this that forgiveness whether it did anything to the person who violated you abused you I don't know what it did to them but forgiveness for the person who forgives there's some relief there's some restoration and Fran it sounds like I heard much of that in your voice
2: uh, friend, I'm just profoundly honored that you would listen to the program and I appreciate you sharing and uh you know the Lord's Prayer and the presence of the Lord, that's the, that's the right place to go. You know, uh Bert, Romans twelve twenty one says, Do not be overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. And as hard as it is, and I know only the Holy Spirit can help us. Here, But to forgive those who have hurt us and to love and to pray for those who have abused, um, I know that's not easy, and only God can help us do that. But that is how we get victory over a situation rather than letting the situation have victory over us. Am I right? You're right. It Forgiveness,
1: as I've heard others say, is for us. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, but she's teaching me something she prayed that prayer until it became real Mm -hmm. to her you catch
2: yeah yeah and
1: and what you do uh i've heard faith is acting like it is so when it's not so in order for it to be so yeah now i'm not talking about naming it and claiming it and everything like but it really works in the area you keep doing it yeah You, you say the words and say oh lord Let my heart follow my words. The Bible says uh, our words reveal our heart. But if we can say the words, Father, forgive them, Uh, you know, Lord, I think it follows with our heart. And I think Fran is showing us that. Thank you so much, Fran, for calling. Let's go to Louisiana and talk to Patricia. Patricia, welcome. Oh, Yes, go right ahead. Turn think. turn your radio off, Patricia. Are you there, Patricia? Are you there? Okay. Can uh, I hate to hang up on her, but let's let's go. Uh, let we'll go to. Are are you there, Patricia? One more time. I'm afraid we lost her. Let's go to Texas and talk to Rick. Rick, welcome. Yes, sir. Uh, I wanted to
4: talk to you all about this issue in, in Numbers 16 about the sons of Korah there. Uh, it seems that Moses is put out with these people uh, as well as God. You know, Moses is an advocate for the people sometimes, but but he's really put out with the disobedience of these, I think, 250 priests there, is it not? And, you know, what are the, the implications of that for our country? And and it's disobedience
1: uh, as we go forward. Uh, Great question, Rick. Let me share this with you. Uh, Moses was the leader of a nation. Although they did not have a land yet, Alex, they were still a nation. And they were headed for the land that God had given to them through Abraham. And so they were governed accordingly. And so this is Moses government, he is God's man, but he's the he is, I would say the leader, the overseer of that government and therefore he took that and disciplined them. One of the things that we are not doing very well right now is is the governance. just like the man that was released on a $500 bond who had a rap sheet they said was 90 pages. And, uh, you know, he had been released Friday, and then he was running from a a situation where it was violence and running through there. And what happened, it it shows a lack of leadership on on the part of those in charge. I I believe he was acting on the part of leadership as Mm -hmm. as a governance
2: body or as a person, Alex. Well, let me say, number 16 is a fascinating chapter, isn't it? And, you know, uh, you read this kind of progression about Korah and the sons of Korah. uh, For one thing, that they they, uh, did not take seriously their identity. They were not grateful for God's blessings. They were not reverent about God's worship. And they, um, I mean, they were blasphemous. Let me read something here. They took every man his censer, put fire in them, laid incense, and stood in the door of the tabernacle of the congregation with Moses and Aaron, and uh, the glory of God would appear, but they they took the fire for themselves, and they, you know, danced and did things that were ungodly, and the ground opened up and swallowed them. It's a very famous—maybe you've seen pictures of this, how God judged them, but— Um, You know, Moses said, hey, you think it's a small thing that God has separated you out and brought you near to himself, and he's brought you and looked after you? For one thing, they didn't acknowledge or walk in their identity as called of God, a covenant people. They weren't grateful for the blessings of God. They weren't reverent in the um, worship of God. Moses asked them, is it a small thing that God has brought us out to take us to a land of milk and honey? And the answer is no, it's not a small thing. It's a significant thing. Now, I think about our own nation. We were a nation built on biblical principles. A lot of people don't acknowledge that identity. We've been a nation lavishly blessed with abundance. People aren't grateful for that. Um, You go anywhere. I've been all over America, 50 states, even in the Upper Northwest and the Upper Northeast that are not the Bible Belt. Bert, there's still a church on every other corner. I mean, there's a very prominent Christian residue. Here's my my, my point. Are we living in a time when we've almost got like sons of Korah? They won't acknowledge our identity. They're not grateful for God's blessings and they're not reverent to the worship of God.
1: I agree with you, but verse 3 is the one that really gathers me, and that's the reason I responded the way I did. They gathered together against Moses and Aaron. It wasn't just the issue of unthankful. It was saying we. You know, they wanted to rise up, and the authority of God said no, no. And there is that. uh, I am going to relate it to America today. Those that would want to take away the Second Amendment all away, listen. That is constitutional. It was in our constitutional uh, as as it was accepted. And there are things that we must rise up and say no. We go this far, but we can go no further. And uh, so it, I agree with uh, with uh, that. We've got to do something about that, Rick. Thank you. Okay, we got Patricia online again. Patricia, welcome to Exploring okay. the Word.
3: <laughs> Thank you. I wanted to just say real quickly, I really enjoy the program. And also I can relate with that lady that called earlier because my heart is broken for the, the many uh, black Americans that consistently vote in a way that is anti-Bible and they say that they're Christians. But that wasn't my question. My question real quickly is um, in Revelation Revelation 2, 8, and 9, it talks about those who say they are Jews and are not. And I would like to hear what you guys
1: think about who these people are. Okay, thank you. First of all, let me make a comment about your first comment about the voting. If you look at the percentages, that seems to be changing. You know, I, I praise the Lord for that. Uh, more and more people uh, of, of, of black Americans are, you know, they're seeing uh, – that they don't have to uh, vote just because of a name. That they need to look at the platform. So, Trisha, I agree with you. Thank you for that. And I'm praying. But what about Revelation 2:89? Mm-hmm. Uh, it listen, 2:89 says, and the angel of the church in Smyrna uh, says, these things say, uh, I am right Adam, 2, 8 2:89. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, I know your works, tribulation, and poverty, but you're rich. And I know the blasphemy of those who say they are Jews and are not; they are synagogue of Satan. Alex, well, the Jews are are they talking about the are they talking about the belief system? Or are they talking about
2: the blood? Uh, well, let me tell you, Rome, the key to understanding this is Romans 2, 28, 29. He is not a Jew who is one outwardly, neither that circumcision which is outward in the flesh, but he is a Jew who is one inwardly, Romans 2.29, circumcision that is of the heart, in the spirit, not in the letter, whose praise is not of men but of God. Another verse along with uh, Romans two twenty eight twenty nine 29 is Galatians 6.16, which says, Blessed be the Israel of God. So when Revelation 2 uh, talks about that are not uh, Jews but are of the synagogue of Satan, um Romans two nine, uh, those who say they are Jews but they are not, but they are the synagogue of Satan. They might have been of Hebraic ancestry, they might be, they might have Jewish blood in their veins, and we can respect that. But a true Jew, do you know what? Here's the the irony: Gentile born again believers are more Jewish than Jews that reject Jesus and go to the synagogue. <laughs> Um, I've got a lot of friends. Now I've got a lot of friends, Bert, that are born again Jews. I'm a Gentile, but I'm a follower of Messiah. I, as a born-again Gentile, am more Jewish than an unbelieving Jew who rejects Yeshua.
1: Amen. You know, Jesus referred to those that were Jews generation of vipers. Think about oh, wow. that. And yeah. they were what? They were Jews. But the whole idea was they were not following Christ. And uh, you got to go back to Abraham. Uh, We are the seed of Abraham by faith. And uh, that's thicker than even the blood that would pass on to the Hebrew people. Thank you, Patricia. Next, let's go to Ohio and talk to Ty. Ty, welcome. Hey, Bert and Alex. I really appreciate
4: the program. Uh, I just love AFR, but my question, just wanted some clarification possibly. Um, In the New Testament, it talks about the body of Christ uh, being the church, and I've never seen where it's ever referred to in the feminine. But in Revelation, it also talks about the bride of Christ coming out of heaven as the new Jerusalem. So I just wanted to maybe just get a little more understanding concerning exactly what the bride is.
1: And so I'm going to hang up and listen to your response, okay? Thank you, Ty. Uh, Thank you. Have you ever read that passage about husbands loving your wives? What did he say? Love Uh, the church the way uh, Christ—you love your wives the way Christ loved the church. And that would be a husband, a wife. The church would be representative of the bride. Mm -hmm. It is the church. It is those that have come in relationship with him— so the bride of Christ is the church, and uh, that's the whole idea that that Paul was saying in Ephesians, that John was saying in Revelation, that we are that special people. Peter would call us a peculiar people, those that are followers of Christ. And so, yes, that's the feminine uh, wording of using that mm-hmm. because Jesus of being he, being the the head of the church the husband is representative of that
2: you know in psalm 19 it talks about the sun that that runs a course across the heavens the sun psalm 19:5 like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber and the bridegroom comes forth to receive the bride i think we're called the bride of christ uh, for a lot of reasons but the bridegroom is jesus matthew
1: we're, 24
2: yeah exactly one day just like the sun coming across the sky. We're going to see our bridegroom coming for the wedding, the coronation, the consummation of all things. Um, And just like a bridegroom, um, you know, pays the price to have that wife. uh, We've been bought with a price too, haven't we? We have been. And it's a beautiful picture about
1: the bride and groom in the New Testament, about when the groom got the dwelling place ready. He came and got the bride and took her back that's what he's going to do one day well it's been a joy to be with you today on exploring the word and Alex uh, you know we're gonna be out and about the next three days so we want to give everybody a happy Thanksgiving and say man we pray that
2: God would bless you and be thankful for all that God has done amen cultivate a thankful heart we have so much for which to praise God and you know again folks we thank the Lord for Jesus for salvation We thank the Lord for each one of you. We're praying for you. You pray for us. And let's all commit that we're going to pray for America this Thanksgiving and always. God bless you. Thanks for listening to Exploring the Word. Please tell somebody about the American Family Radio Network. Tell everybody about Jesus.
5: The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.